blah, blah. Are you uh, seeing the LEDs? I see, yeah. Okay, but so that works in combination with the rotary pot at the top of the channel strip. Okay, so if you go ahead and turn that all the way to, you know, whatever, 7 o'clock or something, so all the way down, and you'll see my bars will go away. Okay? Yeah. And then, of course, if you take it all the way up to 5 o'clock or whatever, uh, then it's going to be too hot, and then it's going to be distorting. But you want, as I'm talking, you have to be getting some signal in there. So you're going to want a, a, a few bars uh, in, in there. And then in the listening back, that's going to work in combination with the channel strip below. So your volume or your how high your fader is on channels one and two, I guess I'm channel two, um, that's going to be the other factor. My faders on both, should I put them all the way up? I wouldn't put them all the way up. Uh, so is there a zero mark on there somewhere? Well, Probably the zero about... is all the way down. Oh, My choices are zero to plus 12. Okay, yeah. Well, We go to plus 12. Don't go to plus 12. I'll uh, go to... Go to maybe plus three, but even that might be a bit. But that, that's what I'm saying. It, isn't there a... Um, okay, you're saying there's not a zero about two-thirds or so up the travel there of the is, fader. yeah. Okay, yeah, go in and around that zero. Okay, it's there already. Okay. But I don't understand why when I put our our recordings yeah. up in podcasts, yeah. the overall volume was too quiet, but I'm way more forward than you are. Like, I can't hear you at all. But, but when we, now look at us now, we're both going to speak here. When we're both speaking together, you speak at the same time. We're both speaking okay, together. Okay, and we're are you seeing together. the same meters hitting, no, for both of we're us, both you talking, have to keep speaking. Talking. And is it still hitting the same bars? Yes, it's okay. the same. Okay, all right, well, that's, that, that's good. That's what, okay. what you're going to want. Okay, and then what was the thing you were saying about the... Um, my headphones? Oh, that, that has nothing to do with recording. It's just comfort. Uh, no, it's the, you'll see Velcro strips on your mic stand. Yeah. So you can police up the cable. Police up. Well, I'm, I'm saying you can uh, trim up the cable if you want to like more neatly run the cable along the length of but the mic But why did you stand. say police up? Well, just like, you know, police to like, you know, cordon, whatever. Just Okay. Uh, I was contain. listening back to our first episodes. Yes. And the fillers that I use are, you know, I say quote unquote a lot, which was weird. Inverted and then commas. My pronunciation, the wanna, wanna, gonna. Hmm. I can I could feel myself with in that see it's hard I can feel myself in that quiet moment wanting to fill it with a I, you know I, you want to say it that way I yeah. want to say you know yeah. you know <laughs> it's very useful because I can now catch myself doing it in real life it's hard we are all of us, I think. You don't have... I have a lot of fillers. Well, you don't. You There's an um here and there, but it's yeah. not intrusive. It's natural. It's fine. I don't think that your fillers are overly pronounced or overly used. 
I try not to do the ones that I find most irritating when I hear other people do it. Uh, I do use a lot of ums as I'm constructing the thought <laughs> before I try and communicate it. I think it's generally more effective to take a pause, decide exactly <laughs> what you're going to say. This is where something like the Dutch language or where uh, any language where word order is different and you might have to you know, throw your verb at the end or whatever, you can have a bit more thought before the gob gets opened. But uh, I think especially when we're trying to be somewhat unrehearsed in this, which we are, we're obviously not scripted, it seems somewhat less natural. I think you're really going to have to filler. talk closer to your mic. Okay. All right. Well, I can do that. I can also just, I should just be using my diaphragm more. Okay. Project. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> no, I'll try not to do it. One with thing the added you might want response. to do is have you speak in a Chicago accent for the duration of the podcast. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, another thing that is irritating that I do is. is in my normal voice, if I am doing a silly voice or something, it doesn't sound very nice here on the podcast, so I won't be doing those anymore. Wait, Just like, oh what? my God, or whatever. Like, you know how I do the, uh, that kind okay. of thing. It sounds really bad when oh, it's recorded. Okay. Yeah. I'm also finding now that I feel very short of breath, so I must be using my fillers to breathe. So I'm going to step back from the mic and take a deep breath because I'm, I'm not breathing. Oh, my microphone is all stuck. Why? What's happening? No, my headphones are all messed up. Hold on. What did you do with your headphones? This is what I'm talking about, policing your cables. Entertain, entertain. Well, Jack's not here, so entertain yourself while I get these set up. Um, oh, I forgot I'm supposed to. Yeah. It's not like I'm from Shaq. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. Can't do... Um, so can't, well, you just I got nothing to say in Chicago. In Chicago. <laughs> okay. Other than... Uh, yeah. All right, you're off the hook. Um, no, it's fine. No, it's still too short. Look, I like to think... Oh, shit. What'd you do? Um, My mic is plugged into my computer. My headphones. Oh, but we're still recording. Okay. Well, we're recording, yeah, but yeah. then you're obviously not carefully monitoring. But where am I? Um, where do I plug the headphones in? <laughs> well, Michael's showing me see in the back of the... What's this thing called? What is this called? My... My art, no, but it's my um, mixing, my deck. My deck has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight channels. Desk. desk. My desk. My, not my deck, my desk, Michael. Just. Yeah. Hold on, everyone. We're raw, we're live, we're unscripted, we're unprofessional, we're unrehearsed, we're unknowledgeable. All right, Michael's back behind his mic. The other thing that I found with the first couple of podcasts 
anybody listening to this would think, especially me, totally clueless, uninformed, and has no right to be speaking on the topics we've been speaking about. It's the nature of podcasting. Well, no, it's not the nature of, well, it that's is. not the this nature of good the podcasts. democratization of content but the uh, point creation is, and distribution. So far, we've been talking about issues that you and I have talked about many, many times. Mm-hmm. And there's an understanding between us what the other person's opinions are. And we need to flesh that out here more rather than just looking at each other going, right, I know what you're going to say next. Because it sounds like we don't have any provocative or well-informed opinions about these things and it's okay because i'm saying for the record here now no one is allowed to cancel us because we're just learning how to do this but no when we hear ourselves back it's an exercise in learning how to communicate over a podcast you don't get canceled for incompetence you get canceled for not following the received orthodoxy we're not complying with uh the the trends and fashions uh, of the time so no one would uh criticize us if we're stupid if we're you know saying the the right things that's fine um i think that one of the issues here yes when we don't flesh something out uh in part because as a shortcut you know we know probably where each of us is going with this I think it kind of raises the question of what is the purpose of this? Is this actually communicative um, contemporarily? In other words, are we actually supposed to be uh, sharing these you know, thoughts with other people? Or is this more of a, uh, a diary almost? Um, you know, we've never kept diaries for any length of time. Many people do. Uh, somebody like Peeps, to whom I'm not comparing us, it becomes important because it is kind of an historical document. What is an historical document? Um, so maybe that's possibly what this is. Are we kind of archiving just our personal thoughts um, or are, is this supposed to be communicative to other people as opposed to you know somebody that we've never met uh, 50 or 100 years from now? Not that they would have any interest in this um, other than as a a kind of a peeps diary. Yeah, my intention for this podcast is both. I've always wanted to record the conversations that we have every morning over coffee. And the conversations that you and I have are an interlude, a little bit of a filler for the main point of this podcast, which is for me to interview strong, amazing, funny, talented, fascinating, interesting women from all walks of life. So it's interspersed, but just to sort of front load the podcast, you know, this is pretty easy for us. And also, yeah, it's an archive of our conversations. It's an, it's a, it will become an an historical, a historical collection of media between the two of us as a couple and as business owners and uh and i think that 
I mean, who wouldn't be enraptured by everything that we've had to say so far? Obviously, Jack Kerouac, who could not be with us this morning. He's always here in spirit. Is here in, yes. Well, no, he's not here in spirit. Um, By here, I mean he's somewhere in the garden shedding, presumably. But yeah. Don't be crude. Well, I'm not. I'm just, he, he's the one who started I'm so it. happy after years of wanting to do this that I built a sand pit in the yard for us to enjoy and for the dogs to dig in. I've spent two minutes sitting in it. You haven't been in it yet. The dogs want nothing to do with it, but the cats have already fouled it completely with an out, using it as an outdoor litter box. So that backfired. Everything backfires when you have pets. Everything. <laughs> this is disgusting. Nothing ever works out. Especially with cats. Cats are difficult, yes. Yeah, but that's why we love them. Because they're unpredictable. Well, we are. We have nothing to talk about this morning. Um, oh, there's always things to talk about. What are the headlines? Well, I have my laptop in front of me now. So when sure. we can't think of something, we can actually look it up. Go to New Puntanel. I am very excited because today is the day that <laughs> da, 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 will the world change forever as we know it because because today is the day that the committee on oversight and accountability in the United States government sure is releasing their policy on unidentified anomalous phenomena, formerly known as UFOs, implications on national security, public safety, and government transparency. So they're actually gonna be, uh, I guess not interviewing, but bringing behind the mic that David Grush guy who, oh, you don't know him? I don't think so. I mean, certainly not by name. So this is somebody with the highest security <clears throat> clearance who has come forth as a whistle- whistleblower claiming that UFOs are real, that there are non-human made craft that are in the possession of the U.S. government that he's seen, that he's had his hands on, that engineers procured by the U.S. government have been trying to reverse engineer. And supposedly, the U.S. government is going to publicly announce its policy on letting all of humanity know what's Mm -hmm. going on here. And also letting us know what they're not going to tell us, I think, too. But the point is, I think what the conclusion everybody's going to come away with is that we have been visited by aliens that there are craft that are non-human made on this planet. Oh, now Jack shows up. Hi, Jack. Maybe Jack's an Come alien. On, Jack. Jack could very well be an alien. Um, and um, and um, well, yeah, sorry. Did no, you, I'm done. Uh, I don't. So yeah, let me I'm just go on a limb here. This is from the National Security, the Border, and Foreign Affairs. Yeah. So, <laughs> I think. <laughs> To just disagree with you a bit on that. I, I just don't suspect that anything that's said today is going to be wholly satisfying to just about anyone. Um, whatever you think may have happened or is ongoing, continuing, to, or will happen in the future, 
the complete information will not be given to us, nor should it, I don't think. You're going to um, have to talk closer to your mic okay, to talk louder. But um, that's what gain is for. All right, you want me to turn the gain no, up? No, well, you can, but uh, it's fine. No, no, no. I, I, I should be projecting more. No, I shouldn't okay. be I just turned so conversational. I turned your gain up a lot. So. Well, don't turn it up a lot because then you'll get a lot of noise, oh. but you can turn it up a little bit. I turned it up a little, a little bit. A I'll, little I'll bit. work a bit more. Okay. Anyway, all I was saying is I don't know what's uh, going to come out today. Uh, if this person well, who has previously said this... Uh, no, what, what I'm saying is I'm speculating about what the net effect of, of this is going to be. So uh, I, I would not suspect that this will be the whatever pivotal day in human history or whatever you were saying before. Um, it could very well be uh, that this fella who, from what I'm hearing from you, it seems to be more on the side of uh, we don't have all the information. Yes, indeed, there have been visitations, etc. He could very well recant. Um, they could uh, present him with new information. They're going to uh, present him with thumb screws. He would say, yeah, oh, oops, you know, I uh, didn't get that one right or whatever. Uh, or, yes, they, they could, of course, uh, make him look a tit, uh, which, you know, it, it logically, of course, uh, that sort of um, ad hominem attack doesn't mean anything, but a, as a practical matter, it does. Um and um, yeah, I I guess we'll stay tuned. See what happens. What's going to come out today is some new knowledge that time and space has nothing to do with interplanetary or even intergalactic mm. travel. Mm -hmm. That a new form of travel will be presented that's gravitational sure. and everything that we know will be completely massively reformed and upgraded it is interesting that though of course the general public doesn't have a, a deep understanding of um, physics nor should they if they're not practicing um physicists it does seem that everybody not everybody that many people <clears throat> just have the the generally held firmly held uh, belief that you know time travel isn't possible uh, vast distances through space uh, never going to happen etc etc uh, but I, I do think it's fair to say that that conclusion doesn't necessarily follow from everything that physics knows um now obviously when i say things like knows uh, in the scientific context everything is subject to uh improvement uh, and and refinement um as it should be uh if we talked about uh sabina uh Hosenfelder or whatever her name is um let's look her up i know yeah you would know i'm sure i've sent you some uh, links about uh, sabina um yeah she has one uh sabina hosenfelder on, yeah. german theoretical physicist yeah she's great i mean you know pop uh youtuber type thing um but she's you know she's got she has the science without the gobbledygook as she says and um i'm gonna have her on the podcast yeah, she, <laughs> i think she's too big for you um 
she she had one about how you know the um generally uh, received wisdom about uh, time travel isn't necessarily true um now it's not to say that it isn't true but uh it is curious to me that um people who don't know much about physics just take it as read it's like all right well this this is possible and this isn't um and that's just not necessarily true anyway um all right our producer is hard at work here jackie he's just doing a little self-maintenance yeah you got to nothing like a sparkling clean butthole don't say don't say those words on our podcast sorry of I course, mean, he, he looks away as soon as I want to take his picture. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, okay, so so we have new method of travel, and therefore you're saying the conclusion is, well, uh, it is possible if there's life anywhere that uh, even over vast distances that we could have, in fact, have been visited, etc. Well, we definitely have been. <laughs> <laughs> but you have no first-hand experience. Have you ever seen a, as we used to call them, a UFO, a flying saucer? Better still, let's use a silly term like flying just saucer. Been, we have two visitors now. Poppy, Poppy yeah. just came to visit us. Have you fed them yet? Doubled our audience. No, that's why. Uh, have I been, ever been visited by a UFO? So you have not seen anything that you would call a, a flying saucer. No, unfortunately. Okay, but. This, I think, is problematic because you really, really want to see one. So this, to me, sounds an awful lot like person who, whatever, goes to uh, Lourdes or something uh, and needs to have experiences. Um, why Why are you so interested in seeing the statue Because cry? I fantasize about apocalyptic scenarios because it <laughs> alleviates all of us from our day-to-day responsibilities. And you think uh, knowledge of aliens somehow, I mean, apocalypse, you, you don't think that they're going to destroy us necessarily, do you? No, but I bet that they're unpleasant. Of course I, they, they are. They look kind of slimy. The people who claim to have seen them said they smell really bad. Higher life forms are unpleasant in general. Well. Um, but uh, no, see, I think, and actually even whatever is said today or not said um i don't think it changes anything at all i i would like to think because this to me seems perfectly rational if i find out today that actually since roswell or even before we've had aliens living among us you know there's a couple wings of the pentagon uh where you know some alien families are kept etc doesn't change anything at all as far as i'm concerned um aliens were not a part of my life previously they're not going to be a part of my life going forward. That's the end of it. It doesn't change my perspective at all to know that aliens are living among us or that, you know, we are routinely in contact with them. It doesn't affect my day-to-day life. But what if I it will? Because what if there the are same. people that have been regularly in contact with them that are hoarding all the technology? They're not. And, and if they are, it doesn't matter because that technology is not going to trickle down to me. Then it doesn't affect my life. I can understand the attraction of the idea of like, oh my God, the world's changed. But I think people, 
get too hung up on you know drama and everyone wants to have excitement my ideal and maybe this is just because you know i'm an old guy and so just kind of easy going about almost everything i mean hard to get uh muster much enthusiasm for anything and i'd say oh, aliens eh? well you know i'd had my uh suspicions before that's the end of it it would be nice my preference would be that they say okay guys Everybody's worried about this nuclear stuff. Here's this nuclear adjacent technology that you can all use. Endless energy, super clean, will help you make the switch. And then you can stop flooding and burning down your planet. Okay, so let's just, here you go. Here's the, here's the manual. Get going. That they just save us from ourselves. Why? If, if you don't have struggle, Talk you have no... There's no um, human dignity. There's no human uh, impulse. There's no drive without uh, fear and want. And if we all have free energy or free everything or free perfection, the, the human spirit is gone. There's nothing. I mean, that's what makes us interesting It is the struggle. I mean, if I were the aliens, I wouldn't give us the free energy. It's like, I mean, like, look at the way we treat our pets. We don't give them everything they want or everything that they think that they want because we know better. That's not what they want or need. I'm not being evil or cruel when I don't give my dog all the treats. It's not good for them. They can never understand that. I have to safeguard that knowledge and dispense uh, the treats as needed for you, their benefit. Do you think the aliens look at us as pets? If they probably should. If they're uh, you know uh, if far more advanced, uh, they should. They should treat us that way. Okay. Let's end the podcast with this thought. Rich strike. <laughs> My spirit animal. Kentucky Derby. 2022. Not triple crown though, right? Rich strike <clears throat> gets a place in the Derby, I think minutes before the race is set to begin. He was purchased for 30,000 euros, dollars. Most of these horses are upwards of a million. And he had the second worst odds in the history of the Kentucky Derby. Comes out of the gate dead last. His name is mentioned only once during the race until the very last minute, nobody's paying attention he starts sneaking up, moving up into the pack. Still nobody's paying attention because the two front runners are neck and neck. And in the last few seconds, it's Rich Strike who wins a Kentucky Derby. He won. And what I love about this horse, first of all, everybody loves a good underdog story, under horse story. 
but his chest and his face is covered in mud because he'd been at the back of the pack for so long. All the other horses are kicking dirt and mud into his face as they're running. And the idea of the winner with the muddy face, the winner with the dirty face, is something that I resonate with so much. And it's not like I started from so way back in the pack, but I have my entire career been underestimated. And so I have two pictures of Rich Strike printed that I printed out and framed as I get to look at him at my desk all day long. Someday, if I ever get the chance to meet that horse in person, I'm pretty sure my life would be complete. <laughs> That's very sweet. I just to thank him for inspiring right. me so much. Right. The winner yeah. with the muddy face. Some some horses uh, like to come from behind for sure. Uh, but it's not that he likes to come from behind. He just the only people. My point is the only people that knew he had the yeah. he had the he had it in him to win were his jockey and his trainer and his owner and then the horse himself yes and and i'm not uh undermining uh rich strike but uh yes i would also be interested in uh who the jockey is uh because it to go to your point about you know uh even in people's careers well i'd say in general sense ladies probably start a little bit at, at the back of the pack anyway um, so yes, uh, they, they can overcome and, you know, w- with the, the muddy faces, but they also have to have people, uh, like the Jackie, so to speak, um, who knows how to help them. You know, I, of course, Rich Strike won the race, but, uh, Jackies are important too. So it's, and, and the, the people who believed in Rich Strike, presumably the, the Jackie, the trainer and the owner, etc. um, but uh yeah i i don't uh no no wrist strike did run the preakness right but did uh did it win the preakness i don't know you're ruining no i'm my not beautiful I, parable I, no i'm trying to to i i'm just trying to understand more of the whole story pedantic. because no 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 i'm not trying to be pedant- no look um i love uh the, i i do watch watch the derby pretty much every year if the Derby winner is running in the Preakness, I'll watch the Preakness. If not, I'm done. Uh, so, you know, I want a Triple Crown every year. Um, almost never happens. Uh, but that too interests me because there are some horses who can kind of do it all. You know, the um, I think it's the... I think it's the Derby's the middle one, the Preakness is the shortest, and the Belmont's the longest. Uh, but obviously, over those distances, you know, not uh, every horse is going to perform equally. And so you can have the kind of optimized, you know, for the, the shorter race or whatever. Um, but the ones who can kind of do it all, I think that's the, that's incredible as well. But sometimes it's when a horse just gets its one moment. If anybody yeah. is lucky to get their one moment yeah. and surprise everyone. Well, I think, look, horses are not the the brightest creatures, but I also think that they do have, um, you know, personality. uh, And there is no doubt that Seabiscuit in the match race with War Admiral, uh, it's not that, you know, he's that much better. I mean, War Admiral gives up. Again, I'm not taking anything from Seabiscuit, anything away from him, but he broke 
War Admiral. Like, War Admiral was so disappointed. He would have swallowed a gun, I think, that day if if he were capable of it. Or he thought he was the best of the best. intelligence and very deep emotional and intelligence. he was totally the out they are class that day. Yeah, I know. Sorry, I'm yeah. talking over you. But no, no, I, I'm just saying. So I, I think that there is the the rich strike, or uh, yeah, that's that that's a great story for sure. Thank you. <laughs> Mary, Mary, Mary Elizabeth. Uh, no, what's her name? Not Mary Stuart Masterson. Not Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio. Um, a early proponent of vocal fry. Uh, Mary. I don't know, Michael. Yes, you do. We're you don't me. like her. Mary Weeds. Okay. Mary. Thank you. Oh, Thanks. No. Uh, going to get on with our day. Mary. And, God uh, damn it. Oh, it's bye, killing everyone. me.